Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Love how Dave Schwartz gets like half the attention in that intro from Pete Najarian. Totally deserved, though. Pete Najarian was not a uh, Pete Najarian was a good linebacker, and Dave Schwartz. I think he could skate. I think Dave could play a little hockey, but that's about it. Um, back here on the huddle. Hey, I, I got a question for you, Pete. Uh, Matthew Uh-oh. Collar in for Dave Schwartz, by the way. Dave wouldn't be making fun of his own intro, I don't think. Um, but, well, he already uh, has. <laughs> well, he, and he should. Uh, but uh, no, I'm just kidding. It's a, it's a fine intro, but trying to find nice things to say about Dave, they need to add a little bit to it. Um, so, <laughs> Pete, here, here's my question. So a bunch yeah. of mock drafters now are mocking the Vikings to draft a quarterback. Do you like that idea? <laughs> I have not heard that, actually. But, well, you're not um, reading all the mocks. You're watching actual you know, sports get played as opposed to just reading <laughs> people's guesses. Well, I would say this. If the Vikings are going to do that, where do they pick them, though? Where do, where do, they, where yeah. do they decide to go with their pick to do the quarterback? Because are they going to do something where it's like a third or fourth rounder just taking a, a, you know, a shot, a winger at something, and – I, I wouldn't, you know, that wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. But, you know, in this heavy draft of, of quarterbacks this year, I mean, there are uh, quite a few names that are out there. Even the kid, I'll tell you what, there's a kid out there at San Jose State that doesn't, and Fresno State that doesn't get a lot of credit. But, man, he, his numbers are incredible. His size is not there. He's not the perfect prototypical quarterback. But there are a lot of different quarterbacks out there. And I just wonder how, how it's going to play out. There were, I'd almost consider it if uh, because let's be honest, Kirk's not a young guy, and right. if you were gonna if you're gonna do it, maybe you do it in the second or third round or the fourth round or something like that, where it's something that you can see a lot of talent there, and and maybe they've got something, but um, I don't know. You, you've got to get somebody at some point in time, and it's a matter of how long do they think Kirk can play. Yeah, you mean uh, Jake Hayner is the guy who's kind of getting yeah. a little bit of hype as a mid-round prospect. No, I mean these mocks have the Vikings taking first-round quarterbacks, either trading yeah. up for Will Levis or even taking Hendon Hooker, which, you know, I've uh, got my thought on uh, <laughs> drafting quarterbacks, Pete, is there's nothing more important, obviously, than having a franchise quarterback, but I don't believe that we or the NFL has any ability to actually – figure out when a quarterback is going to succeed or not. And right. even though it's good entertainment, it's kind of like picking your bracket where you're like, I don't know. I'll just I'll take my best guess. Um, mm-hmm. So I think, I think if they were to take even guys that have some warts to them or some concerns that it would be a good idea because you can sit the guy for a year behind Kirk and then give him the job and give him Justin Jefferson and Christian Derrissaw and Kevin O'Connell and a, and a lot to work with. I, I think it's the rare situation where you actually don't have to, but you can have this person sit and develop for you. 
Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think you're right. I think that there's opportunities out there potentially. It's a really deep class. I, I don't see the Vikings moving up in the draft, though, which is where they'd have they'd have to really jump up if they want to go. And let's be honest. I mean, I, and I'm still angry with the Vikings from last year, but they always go down. They don't go up. We always go down. I mean, we might have the 20th pick and we'll trade it away and we'll get all the way down to the 32nd pick in the first or we'll go to the second round. That seems to be the Vikings' way. We rarely seem to be a team that wants to go up. And, and I'll tell you, we'd have to go way up if we really want any of the top three or four because I think that they might even just practically go one after the other after the other after what Carolina did with that big trade with Chicago. And I think that'll jumble things up a little bit as well. So uh, I think it's going to be really interesting to see how the quarterback shuffle comes out of this particular draft because – it almost feels like, and I'm dating myself, and you weren't even born yet, but it almost <laughs> feels like 1983 mm-hmm. when, it, when, when there were so many quarterbacks, and it was all a matter of which one did you take, right? I mean, and I'm going back, that was the Marino draft, and there was many other quarterbacks in that draft, but there were probably seven or eight deep that, in that particular draft, and everybody was going for quarterbacks. And that leads perfectly into our NFL draft overconfidence game because in 83, (laughs) there were great quarterbacks who got passed on and bad Mm -hmm. quarterbacks who got picked ahead of the NFL legends because nobody knows anything. So here's what I have done. I have compiled a handful of current NFL quarterbacks and their draft draft profiles from NFL.com. So what the draft analysts at NFL.com thought about them. I have a comparison, and I have a couple of sentences from each write-up. So I'm going to read the a couple of sentences and the comparison and give you a choice, and you need to tell me who it is. You understand the game, Pete? Yep, I think I do. Yep. Okay, so here is, our first, here is our first prospect. This prospect is a high-end quarterback prospect who possesses NFL size, a big arm, and the ability to throw with accuracy from the pocket or on the move. Despite playing in a spread-based offense, he is a full-field reader who does a very good job of getting an early read on the safeties before crafting his course of action. Okay, so there's our there's a couple sentences on this quarterback. His comparison from NFL.com, Matthew Stafford. Is this Mitch Trubisky or Justin Herbert? Uh, sure sounds like Justin Herbert to me. That is Mitch Trubisky, my friend. That wow. is. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, with Mitch Trubisky, I will say this. I, I remember when, when the Bears decided to make that move, I had hardly ever heard of him. <laughs> <Same>. <laughs> and, and I literally, to your point about these guys know nothing, you're so right because they, they, they do all these comparisons. They've got these numbers. But, you know, a lot of it has to do with who are you playing against? Mm-hmm. Let, let's see what your numbers really were. Are you throwing interceptions? I mean, my biggest gripe when it comes to the draft itself is I look at these quarterbacks that, that people will take, and including uh, Jordan Love, and it's like, hey, wait a minute. You guys think this guy's great. You think this guy is, is the next coming of whomever. And yet you look at them and they barely got more touchdowns than they do interceptions in their senior year. It's like, well, wait a minute. That, if they're throwing interceptions in college, 
they're going to throw more in the NFL. And that, and that's something the NFL still never figured out. You know, it's and that's fun- what concerns me about some of these quarterbacks. It's funny, no, it's funny you say that because that has that's one of the things that the analytics people looked into. And one of the most, predi- the most predictive stuff for next level success is actually the mistakes. It's the sacks and it's the interceptions that if you get sacked all the time in college, it's very hard to shake that. And that was Justin Fields' big problem. And it's kind of carried over that he gets sacked all the time. Uh, mm-hmm. All right, let's go to our next quarterback here. Uh, this this quarterback was compared to Kurt Warner coming out in the draft, and his write up is the people's champ with rags to riches story, uh, uh, culminating in one of the greatest one year turnarounds in sports history. Self assured mm-hmm. and plays with competitive toughness that his teammates will gravitate toward. His intensity. He is a rhythm passer who benefited from tempo and scheme, but his vision, touch, and read recognition are what made their offense special. Is this Joe Burrow or Zach Wilson? Wow. They're going to say that's Zach Wilson, but I think that sounds like you're describing Joe Burrow, but I'm going to say Zach Wilson. You are correct, sir. That is Joe Burrow, indeed. Yeah, there's some hints in there about like being the people's champ and so forth, but that is indeed Joe Burrow. But a lot of those same things uh, could have applied to Zach Wilson when he was coming out of the draft. Uh, so that, Okay, we'll move on because you got that one quickly. Here's our next one. Uh, this, this quarterback was compared to Carson Wentz coming out in the draft. He is a big, talented, full-field scanner, able to find the right read and sling it around the yard from the pocket or on the move. This quarterback also rushed a little bit in 2018, but he showed – oh, no, did I just give that away? No, I didn't. Okay, same draft class. No. Uh, but he, uh, he showed marked improvement in the area – Uh, In that area, in the mobility area, he trusts his protection while working through coverages and route development has a big boy arm talent to drive velocity and uh, stress the defense. Is that Baker Mayfield or Justin Herbert? Justin Herbert. It is Justin Herbert. Yes, he was compared to Carson Wentz. So let's just, Mm -hmm. right? Carson Wentz. We've got Mitch Trubisky being called Matthew Stafford. We have uh, Carson Wentz being called Justin Herbert. Okay, here's our next one. And I, I, I won't belabor the point, but I think it's really fun to go back and look at these and see yeah. just how far off they really are. Uh, all right, our next quarterback was compared to Andrew Luck coming out in the draft. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, this quarterback has NFL size, arm strength, accuracy, pocket mobility, poise, and field reading capability. His windup is an eyesore, but he has the velocity to mitigate the additional release time and well he has the mental toughness and talent to start tomorrow his early, some early sideline seasoning could help him better process coverages is this patrick mahomes or sam darnold that sounds like sam darnold that is sam darnold yes being compared to <laughs> andrew luck yep that yeah. is, and you know what darnold is the ultimate example of a guy who threw a ton of interceptions in college mm-hmm. and everyone said no 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 it'll be fine it'll be fine i got I got a quickie for you. Sure. Uh, name me a name me a quarterback from USC that's been worth a daggone <laughs> that went into the NFL. <laughs> you know they've had some great teams, and and one of the biggest things, Matthew, that I always look at when I when I see all these quarterbacks is, um, you know, are are you are we getting fooled? Whether it's Ohio State or oftentimes it could be even Michigan or whoever, are we getting fooled by the idea that everybody around them is great? Yeah. and they therefore they're great. But are they really as good as 
what they've got for talent. And I always look at every year, Ohio State has three or four receivers that are going to be first-round picks Mm -hmm. either that year or the next year. And so you just sit there and you sit back and you say, well, is it the system and is it the players or is it the quarterback that is that good? I actually do like just uh, Fields, by the way. I I think he's got a lot of talent. His athleticism is absolutely unbelievable. I'm a big fan of what, what I've seen so far, despite the fact that he hasn't had a lot of success. They have nobody on the offensive line, oh, and they are yeah. not a threat. They've got no threats very much of anywhere. They've got a decent running game, but that's really not what you need. And I think in the offseason, I think Chicago's done a lot to make this team very interesting, and the Vikings will not be walking over the Bears anymore. Yeah, I agree with everything you said. I, I think that there's still some concerns, but I also mm-hmm. think that he, his upside is incredibly high, and we usually don't figure it out with quarterbacks until the third or even sometimes the fourth year when they mm-hmm. have development that's needed and that they have bad situations. Um, so mm-hmm. I totally agree with you there. Carson Palmer is probably the only USC quarterback, and aside from that, it's – He had one just, year. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, he went, yeah, when he went, he went back to Arizona, kind of, yeah. I mean, he was, yeah. um, he, he was, he was better than Matt Barkley and, and Mark Sanchez oh, and so forth. Sure. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, two, just two more real quick. Uh, maybe we only okay. have time for one. Let's just do one. This okay. is, but this is my, one of my favorites. Um, and I may have just given it away. I don't know. So anyway, uh, this one, um, this quarterback was compared to Tim Tebow. This quarterback is a winning dual-threat quarterback known for his toughness and character. He is a more accurate passer and better runner than Tim Tebow, but inconsistent with his decision-making and tends to break the pocket when throws are still there to be made. Is that Pat White or Jalen Hurts? Wow. Uh, I think I almost have to go with Jalen Hurts. It is Jalen Hurts. It is Jalen Hurts. But also could be said about Pat White. And uh, under the nobody knows nothing, Jalen Hurts, quite a bit better than Tim Tebow, if I I remember correctly, about Mr. Tebow trying to throw a football. So you never know. And that's why you just draft a guy and see what happens. Mm -hmm. Um, Absolutely. I have a bigger picture Vikings offseason question for you, though, when we return, Pete. So we'll come right back. You're listening to The Huddle here on WCCO. All right, Matthew Collar in for Dave Schwartz, Pete Nigerian. Pete, I, I always come with a lot of questions for you. I love it. And uh, here, here I got another one. Um, do you like what the Vikings have done in free agency? No. <laughs> okay, explain. That was really easy, actually. Yeah, you know what? We're not supposed to ask yes/no questions, so uh, please explain. <laughs> no, I know. I will. I'll, I'll expand. Um, so let me ask you this, and, and you're, you're closer to it than me. I mean, as I view it now, obviously, I'm just an outsider. You're, you're the purple insider. Right. So let me ask you this. So why, um, what is it that the Vikings saw in Josh Oliver? We've got a, a pretty decent list of tight ends. We've got Hawkinson and Epperson and Mudd, and I think they're all pretty good, uh, particularly Hawkinson. I think is very, very good. Um, why did we give you know, the contract that we gave to Josh Oliver? from Baltimore. I, that, it seems to me like we paid a lot of money for that, uh, that move, a three-year, $21 million contract, right, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. That, yeah. one, that one puzzles me a little bit, but on the other flip side, I think the Byron Murphy move, he's physical, he's athletic, he's got all the qualities of a Patrick Peterson, except for the fact that he's 25 years old. Um, so that one I'm, I'm, I'm pretty pleased with, you know, and 
I think you probably had to re-sign Bradbury. Uh, I think going after Davenport was good, but why for only one year? Uh, Dean Lowry is another guy I think is a heck of a football player, so he can add some stuff. Alexander uh, Madison, obviously already a Viking, but I like what he brings to the table as well. But I just don't – I don't think we've done enough in the, in the offseason, in the free agent time, to, to make me excited. How about you? Yeah, uh, first question on Josh Oliver – I think that it's a little bit of a reaction and maybe overreaction to them not running the football well last year. Um, I, I think that the reason they didn't run the football that well is because Delvin Cook was not the same version of himself, whether that was because of the shoulder injury or whatever other reason. He just wasn't the same guy from two years ago, and I think that the numbers kind of back that up a bit. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, blocking is always a part of that, but I think that they have a decent run-blocking offensive line, not always pass-blocking. But but this is part of, I think, an effort for Kevin O'Connell to make them a little more versatile in terms of their personnel packages, so they want mm-hmm. to be able to have an extra tight end out there. And TJ Hawkinson, to tell you the truth, he is great at football, but he is not great at run-blocking. It's just not really no. his thing. And that's fine. So I think what they want is to be able to split out Hawkinson. And the other problem is when you lose Adam Thielen, you lose 100 targets. So you could say, oh, he's older and everything else. But he also caught. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. At 70 passes and at 100 targets, how are you making those up when there's no great wide receivers in free agency and you don't really have the money to spend on them. So I think part of their answer was, let's go get this big giant blocking tight end and probably Mm -hmm. use more of the bigger personnel that we used to see with Kubiak. I think that's the answer. Is that Mm -hmm. a great thing? Probably not. And they had to add some void years to his contract to make it fit underneath the salary cap. So they'll be paying him if he doesn't sign an extension until 2027, I don't like that at all. Like just kicking money down the road as they've done many times. It seems like, I guess my answer would be for the whole thing is it's not very conducive, right? Like it looked like, or thematic, it looked like they were just going to release all the old guys and bring in a bunch of new people. And then they stopped doing that. <laughs> like they did, they did it at Kendricks and Thielen and then brought back Harrison Smith haven't done anything with Zadarius or with uh, Delvin Cook, and so they don't have a lot of money to spend. They signed, like you said, Byron Murphy to me is an A-plus signing. Younger player, could have some more upside. I like that. Marcus Davenport, same kind of thing. Young-ish player who could you know, bounce back from a bad year last year. But then they signed Dean Lowry, 
who is a veteran defensive tackle that's going to take up a, a spot that maybe could have gone to somebody younger that they mm-hmm. that they you know could give playing time to. So I I don't I don't really quite get it yet, and I feel like it's an incomplete grade because we have to see the rest of the things that are going to happen. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with you, but I, I I just don't understand the the amount of money for Josh Oliver. I, I, you know, the guy's got a total of twenty six catches in three years. I mean, it's so you're right. He's a blocking tight end. I understand what you're saying. It's just to me, okay. Well, if you're going to do that, just get us an extra a, a really lean offensive tackle that we're going to put in a tight end. Then you know what I mean. I mean, it's, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and and you probably don't have to pay twenty one million dollars for him. So uh, that was my frustration. I think about just the decision-making and the lack of decisions that were really made, I think, in the offseason. Yeah, and lack of decisions is right because we're still at a holding pattern with these guys that could create extra cap space, but the clock is ticking. People are coming off of the board, if not almost everybody who is uh, any good is off the board. And then, you know, I noticed to tie this in yesterday, and, and Vegas doesn't know everything, but they know a lot. And uh, they've got the Vikings over under at eight and a half wins for next year. And honestly, looking at the roster right now, Pete, I think that that's completely fair. I, I don't yeah. think that this looks like a stronger team than they were last year. And one of the people that I follow that does really good number stuff uh, did a breakdown on like how many snaps teams lost and made up for in free agency. And the Vikings are in the negative kind of big time after losing Patrick Peterson and the other mm-hmm. two guys. So it's really hard to argue that they're a better team right now and they're going to face a tougher schedule. It's like, are you trying to be better than you were last year or are you trying to rebuild it? Like, caught in the middle, mm-hmm. it seems. Yeah, I agree with you. And I, I think it all depends on, obviously, the defense going into this year and have we done anything at, at all really to change it? Other than Byron Murphy, um, I'm going to say not really. To your point with the, the two defensive linemen that we signed, it's just, it, it's not enough, and I think that's a problem. I, I, obviously, we, we, we couldn't keep uh, Kendricks, and that was a, a bit of an issue. But quite honestly, I think we need to be bigger in the middle if we want to be able to stop the run, mm-hmm. which we couldn't do last year. Our defense has been pretty, pretty pathetic, as we know. We were at the bottom five of just about every single category. So I don't know that you can do that overnight with the draft. So I'm a little surprised in free agency. We haven't done a little bit more there. Right. And they only have five picks in the draft. And I I forgot to even mention, they lost Delvin Tomlinson, who played a lot for them. And I I think he's a pretty solid player, not like a, you know, Aaron Donald or something. But if you're replacing him with Dean Lowry, that's a pretty big drop off from, you know, just look what both of those guys got paid. So I guess what they're arguing here is, and and here's the frustration for me, Pete, is they've kicked a lot of money down the road. Even the way they restructured Kirk Cousins, if he leaves after this year, they get a massive cap hit for 2024 and really restricted themselves in a lot of ways for what they can do next year. So I'm mm-hmm. going to be asking you, hey, Pete, do you like their offseason? You're going to say no because they have no, no money to spend still. <laughs> I, I get to, to me, it's like our, what world are you trying to live in where mm-hmm. you're you're replacing these players that are hard to replace. So give me um what should they do? Like what should they do next? <laughs> well, obviously it, they're they're probably not going to do too much more, I don't think as far as picking up players for the defense. They're obviously going to have to in my opinion go after some of those defensive players. There are some great ones out there. And so we'll see. I mean, I I like I say, I'm still frustrated last year that we didn't get the big kid out of Georgia. We mm-hmm. traded down and we let, let let him go to Philadelphia. I hope we don't continue to do stuff like that because 
that that guy was a game changer for our defense, in my opinion. And there's another one coming out of Georgia that looks a lot like him uh, that could be pretty interesting as well. We won't be able to get him unless we move up in the draft, and I do not expect us to move up in the draft. I, it, would, it would be great. We just don't do it. It's not in the Viking GM DNA, no matter who's sitting in that seat. Yeah, no, you're right. Trader Rick was never trading up most of the time, except for maybe, what, 2013, where they had the couple of uh, first-round draft picks. So you're Mm -hmm. definitely right about that. Uh, We'll take a quick break. We'll be right back, and I have a baseball question for you when we return. We will talk other things than football, surprisingly, when we come back here on The Huddle. All right, Matthew Collar in for Dave Schwartz. Pete, another question for you. Um, How do you feel about the pitch clock? You like it? <laughs> I absolutely love it. I really do. Uh, but 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 I say that with one you know hesitation. I know there are traditionalists out there. I, I I get it. You know, and a lot of people don't want to change certain things. But if they want the younger uh, audience out there for baseball, I think it's great, and I think it's something that really does speed things up. And we've seen that in in, in a great way, just watching what's going on in spring training. And I think it's something that. It can attract now, I think, the younger people that they've been trying to figure out how are they going to get them and how do they implement something that would speed the game up a little bit. And I think it's, I think it's pretty helpful. How about you? Yeah, I'm 100% behind it because, I mean, just games from even when I was growing up, when I fell in love with baseball in the mid to late 90s, uh, you know, they were even just by the numbers, like 45 minutes faster than games, half mm-hmm. an hour faster than games that were taking place last year. And that's just completely unacceptable um, in the playoffs, too. Oh, my gosh. I mean, how, how as a how as a parent would you let your kids stay up till if you're in the Eastern time zone, one thirty in the morning to watch you know, the end of a baseball game because it's taking four hours? They they they, mm-hmm. they had to do something. And I think it was the right drastic measure. It was so bad, Pete, that when I would go to Twins games, the wife and I made a rule. Two hours, no matter what's happening. If Barry Bonds came out of retirement to play for the Twins that night, I was staying for two hours and leaving. That was just like, I'm not watching the, the pitching changes of the late you know, game and just having this go on forever with every mm-hmm. batter stepping out of the box and adjusting everything he owns. And you know what? And you know what I've noticed from just peeking in? is the guy still hit the ball. It's amazing. It doesn't seem yeah. to affect them at all. Like, they didn't need to be doing this. <laughs> and you know what? Over time, I think that the batters will figure it out a little bit more so, and the pitchers will continue to figure it out. So I do think that's been a really great move. I mean, you know, I, as, as, as you know, I, I already was after Roger Goodell. Roger Goodell is one guy who I think has not really, you know, answered the bell. I think the same thing about Adam Silver in the NBA with all this, you know, sitting guys and all the rest of it and people going out and buying tickets and the superstars aren't playing that night and everything else. I think mm-hmm. that's a monstrous mistake. Yeah. I think baseball is making the right moves. I think that they're doing the right things that are going to make people that much more you know, excited to go to a game. And to your point, the two-hour game, maybe it's whatever it is, you know, 30 minutes, 40 minutes, 50 minutes shorter and it's really not impacting, you know, the game itself other than the fact that it's speeding it up. And I think from that perspective, it's great. And, you know, I think they still are going to struggle with the fact that, you know, teams are going to be all about home runs and strikeouts, mm-hmm. and that's going to be how it is. Uh, but at least taking this big measure to say, 
we're, we're trying to correct some of these problems with the league that make it more watchable. So if I want to go to a Twins game, if I want to watch a Twins game on a Saturday afternoon, I don't have to book the whole afternoon if I just want to watch it. It, it, it really was completely out of control. So I give mm-hmm. them a ton of credit for doing it. And I know I've seen people kind of freaking out of like, what if a game ends on this? Like, well, what if a game ends on any broken rule? Like they, they're just mm-hmm. going to have to adjust to it. That's why they've had their whole spring training. And and I think yep. that they're doing the right things here uh, by doing this. I, there's been previous changes that I didn't need. Like it was okay for me if they intentionally walk the guy instead of just giving him first base, like that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. now they actually took some real measures and I am impressed with how yeah. it looks, and I think that it's going to draw draw me a little bit more back to uh, watching full games. Um, mm-hmm. So I, we can't stray from football for too long, though. Uh, and we were talking about <laughs> we just get, look look it's who we are, it's who we are. Mm-hmm. Uh, Absolutely. And so I, I was thinking about our conversation just from last segment, and you mentioned what Chicago had done, and around the Vikings. So, you know, from year to year, things don't stay static, and Chicago has improved greatly and the Lions have improved greatly. I was wondering who you think in the league has kind of had the best free agency and changed their teams for the better the most. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think it would be a battle between Chicago, New Orleans, and Denver, and right behind them would probably, for me, be Detroit. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, I, I, look at, I also like to look at oh, how much money have these guys spent. Different, you know, everybody's got a little bit different uh, room within the cap and everything else. But, you know, and Daniel Jones signing, signing for $160 million with the Giants um, kind of makes it look like they've spent a lot more in free agency than they really have because uh, it's just the one player. But right. I look at the New Orleans team and I look at Derek Carr, which actually started that whole domino effect with quarterbacks finally signing places. But – they didn't just stop there, you know, and, and now Derek Carr absolutely is fortunate enough to have a top five defense, which he's never had. He's been a bottom five defensive guy for almost nine or 10 years, his whole career. Mm-hmm. Um, but now he's got, you know, they've signed a big defensive end from the Jets and a defensive tackle from Kansas City. And I think Carr is going to be very help, happy with the running game. And Jamal Williams from Detroit, who's a heck of a running back that they picked up, They've done a lot of things right, and, and they've been able to restructure some of the contracts, like Michael Thomas, the receiver, along with Chris Olave, who's been amazing and, and a great player. They've got a great tight end. I really think that they've put together something that, that's going to be very, very interesting to watch, and people probably don't even realize it yet how good New Orleans could be almost overnight. And, of course, they get, they get draft picks because all of a sudden Denver decides that they want to grab the, you know, Sean Payton. Mm-hmm. Well, that helps out New Orleans as well. I mean, there's just a lot of things going on. But, but I think Denver has done an amazing job. They paid a lot of money for three players. But it's something they needed. they got to get offensive line to protect the quarterback. And then they got a kid that, that I know uh, personally, Zach, Zach Allen, this defensive end that they gave a lot of money to as well. He's kind of the second coming of J.J. Watt, in my opinion, potentially. We'll see. They paid him like he is, so he better live up to it. But, <laughs> but, they, but they've done a lot, and they've got a lot of different picks, and uh, it, it makes, the, makes it very, very interesting. And you know what? Uh, I think Denver will be a little bit better. I'm still not convinced that the quarterback is, is the guy, but, uh, 
but I think the team has gotten better for sure. Yeah, with uh, Zach Allen, it was just the Vikings making him look like J.J. Watt when they played him last year. I think that's what it might have been. But Detroit and Chicago are really interesting because Mm -hmm. uh, Detroit couldn't stop anybody's passing game last year, including the Vikings the second time they played them. And they went out and signed a bunch of corners, which I think was exactly the right thing to do. And, hey, look what happens when you've got some cap space. You can just Mm -hmm. make weak parts of your team better feel free to try it Vikings at some point uh but you know I think the landscape even though Aaron Rodgers is likely to be gone to the Jets has just become so much more difficult in the division for the Vikings next year because it's going to be harder to pass on Detroit and because Chicago has loaded up their team as much as they can and they could still make even more moves here and then they've got you know a top draft pick that's going to be in the Mm -hmm. top 10 I just think that if you were looking out a couple years in the future, it might not even be this year. Those two teams are pretty set up to be good for a while with uh, Detroit Mm. and Chicago. Do you agree with that? I totally agree. I think everything Chicago's done has been great. The fact that they were able to use that first pick in the draft and trade that uh, away to Carolina, that gave them a lot of space as well. And then you look at DJ Moore, the, the receiver they get, they get another first rounder, another second rounder going out into the future. I mean, I really feel like they fleeced Carolina on this one because I think Carolina could have been more patient, but they obviously have their eyes on somebody. Or maybe they even trade down themselves if right. if that's somebody they think could be somewhere else. But I like what Chicago has done. I, I love getting those linebackers. They're turning themselves back into a team that's got a really good defense, and that's where they've obviously really added to this year They in the offseason. But they still need offensive line help. They're going to probably have to do something in the draft. They did sign somebody. But to your point with Detroit, picking up those corners that they've got and the safety and, and all the things that they needed, they've done. And I look at this, I'll tell you what, they've got the quarterback. He proved that he actually did, can be, be better than people probably think. And if they can get that defense to the next level, I'll tell you what, the Vikings are going to be in a battle. And mm-hmm. I wonder how, how Green Bay is going to fare because, let's be honest, uh, are, are you convinced that that quarterback situation, especially if Aaron's gone, obviously, but if the quarterback situation, what does it look like there? Is Jordan Love, anything and everything that I've seen has not been very good as for him as the starter. So I I would be worried if I were Green Bay right now. Yeah, and I think that they can't really give Jordan Love the best situation, in part because trading Aaron Rodgers, I think, comes along with a lot of dead cap space for them, and mm-hmm. he sort of held them hostage over this offseason. They haven't been able to do almost uh, anything. So the NFC North uh, looks like there's some rising teams, and I'm not sure we could put the Vikings in that category at the moment. Uh, I will have, before we wrap up and throw it to Twins Baseball on the other side of the break, a very important and personal question regarding golf. So we'll be right back. (laughs) Perfect lead-in music to talk about golf for a second. Rage against the machine. There is a lot of rage out of the golf course. Now, Pete, you're not a big golfer, but it's more of a weather question. Mm -hmm. At what temperature... Should I start thinking seriously about golf? Because I'm looking outside today, and it's 40 here, <laughs> and uh, sunny. I'm like, okay. And then the snow's starting to melt a little bit, and the courses are going to start opening up. But you know what happens to me every time is I'm like, all right, I'm ready. I'll be fine out there. And then if it's windy on the golf course, I want to die by, like, the third hole. And I just make that mistake every year that I get too excited for it. What is the right temperature in Minnesota to start golfing? 
I think you got to – don't you have to be at least 70? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I said in you Minnesota, not Florida, Pete. Oh. <laughs> well, we got to get rid of the snow first. Uh, you know, it is beautiful down here, but I will tell you, um, I was just up there – couple weekends ago and it was fun to be up there it actually was i'm not kidding i mean it was great to be in the snow and and a little bit of the cold although it was still i think it was minus five the day we left and i i was kind of like good riddance i'm done (laughs) but uh (laughs) but i'll tell you what as far as golf goes i the biggest problem i have is if you watch any of these guys on the on the tour you know and you're and you're you're watching on your tv and you're looking at what they're doing you, you you imagine that you maybe could sort of do something like what they did, but but we can't. No, <laughs> and, and that's the problem. I look at like Scheffler or any of these guys, and they put the ball right up there, and it just looks so daggone easy, and and it's not. And all, all you got to do is play a little bit of golf, and you find out, man, this this is a game of incredible patience to be, to get better because it does not happen overnight. So I, I play a good amount, and here's the trouble: mm. is you will have <laughs> holes where you play like those guys and not on the Uh same size courses, of course, because they have like 600 yard holes and there's no way that I can drive the ball as far as them. Uh, Every, every dude, you know, claims he could drive 300. I promise you they can't. It is a long way, but uh, you'll have a hole though. You'll have a par three Mm -hmm. where you stick Mm -hmm. that thing right next to the cup, you put it in, you get a birdie and, and I do. Okay. I'm like not a terrible golfer. And, and then I'll be like, oh, man, I'm going to play every day. I'm going to take lessons. I'm going to watch YouTube videos. I'm going to be a star. And then the next time I go out, I miss every putt and just have a bad day. And then I want to throw every club I have in the lake. It is by far the most fun and frustrating sport that has ever existed. It is. It really is. And you know what? I got sucked into something years ago. I, I, I moved back from New York back to Minnesota. I, I, I bought a house that I loved. And I love the fact that it had, uh, I think it's four holes of golf into my backyard. Oh. Here's the problem. I'm not any good. I don't really <laughs> do it. You know, <laughs> Even when I went out and I tried to get a little bit better and got out there at the end of the day and all that kind of stuff, and it, I just couldn't. You know what? It's, it's fun to go with your friends. It's fun to go with all the stories and everything else. But when you go out there by yourself, you're trying to get a little bit better. Boy, the frustration level is not really worth it. I mean, the markets are tough enough. I don't, I don't know the need to get frustrated on the golf course. I, if that, that is the that is the always the thing with golf is that if you can somehow separate yourself from your score and your performance, it's great. You're walking around or riding around in a little cart with your friends out on a beautiful day, whatever temperature it might be, and having a good time. But there's no way for me or you. The, to to be able to separate that, so it does end up being entirely uh, dictated by how I perform, and that's not great. So that's why you never got into it. It's just too hard. <laughs> it's just too frustrating. I will say this though: I'm inviting you right now, April sixth, the Gophers Boston down here in Tampa, which has now become the hockey mecca. You you and Dave got to come down here. I know you're a football guy. You guys come down here for the Gophers in hockey at at a place where the Tampa Bay Lightning have absolutely sold this thing out every single – I mean, it is amazing how much the hockey fans are just rabid here in Tampa. I mean, it's absolutely incredible, but it's, but it's a lot of fun. Anyway, it should, be, it should be great for the Frozen Four. 
Yeah, I, I mean, if people are planning trips down there, and uh, I do want to go to Florida and play some golf before it's actually golf season, which could be another <laughs> month or something around here. Uh, so you know, we'll see if I can uh, work that out. But, Pete, uh, always fun to get together with you, talk ball of many kinds. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, we'll do it again sometime soon whenever Dave needs me to fill in. So thanks for your time. We've got Minnesota Twins baseball. It is warm enough for them to play today. And the great, uh, I assume, Corey Pro is calling the game but uh so that's what's coming up next here keep it here wccl have a good day listen to every mlb game live the deep left center field it is high it is far it is gone stream minor league affiliates the midwest league home run leader and watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on mlb big inning mlb at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month deep left field it's gonna go alvarez ties the game Subscribe to AtBat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.